Welcome to the podcast ministry of Pilgrim Baptist Church. Wherever you're listening from, welcome. We pray that the truth from the Word of God speaks to your heart during today's message. Peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Now, the message, and and I said this before when we're going through this on Thursdays, we'll have a few more weeks of it, and then we'll get off onto something else. But I want my heart to be right. I want your heart to be right. This isn't something that you have to agree with me as the preacher. This isn't something you have to agree with what the church's stance on. But it's something I really want your heart to consider and pray about. And I think we'd be better off for it if we can look at things in the Bible and if we have to agree to disagree we can do that if we have to chew on it and pray about it we can do that if we see it and praise God we can we can rejoice in that so I want our hearts to be right and I want my heart to be right and then in verse number eight look what it says finally brethren that would be all of us brothers and sisters in Christ whatsoever things are true I'm going to find out the truth Whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, what the, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. I don't want to be. It's so hard when you when you when you're going to preach or teach on topics surrounding holidays and pagan origins and. And, and, and all of that, it's tough to teach on because on one side, it's easy to just be against everything. And your platform is you're just mean and bitter and against everything. And that heart condition isn't right. So I don't want to be that guy. But I also, on the other hand, if I see something and the Bible teaches a principle, I don't want to avoid it for fear of. Well, it might not be a popular message. So I really do want to try to find a good and proper balance. You say, well, do you have it worked out 100%? No, I don't have the balance worked out 100%. And I probably never will. And just like you, like me, if I'm in one mood one week, it goes one way. If I'm in another mood another week, it goes another way. If I got something on my heart on Monday, I feel one way. If I got something in my heart on Tuesday, I'm just telling you, it's not as easy as just it isn't. These things are, life is tough. Things are sometimes tough to consider. But what we see in Philippians chapter 4, let's try to be true. Let's try to be honest. Let's try to be pure. Let's think on those things. Let's go over to Psalm 105 by way of introduction. Psalm 105. And let's read four verses And as we read these together, the question I want to ask is, what does your heart rejoice in? What does my heart rejoice in? Oh, give thanks unto the Lord. Call upon his name. Make known his deeds among the people. Sing unto him. Sing psalms unto him. Talk ye of all his wondrous works. Glory ye in his holy name. Let the heart of them rejoice and seek. The Lord, 
Seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his face forevermore. And honestly, that's what I want to do. And as we preach, the title of this message is, is it interesting? Mistletoes, Yule Logs, Gift Exchanges, and Learning Not the Way of the Heathen. It's, a, it's an interesting title, but I don't want to start some of these points or some of this historical outlook and some things without first giving thanks to the Lord. I really want to sing unto him. I want to glory in his name. And I want my heart to rejoice and seek after the Lord. I believe if all of us can do that, even if you say at the end of the message, Brother Jimmy, I just don't see it that way. Okay, then let's just rejoice around the Lord. This isn't you have to do this or you're not right. You have to believe this or you're not saved. You have to agree with 100%. Nobody does. I don't expect that. I That is not my appeal. My appeal is look, look at God's word. Let's get our hearts right. And let's see what, what he does. Not what I try to force or not what I see. And I'm going to try to make you see. Two things. Psalm 51.10 says, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Let's all ask the Lord for a clean heart and a right spirit. I've heard many, well, you don't hear many. Well, with, I guess with the Internet you do because you can find just about anything on the Internet. But, you know, a lot of guys just take things with the wrong spirit. And their heart's not right. Maybe what they're saying might be true, but the heart attitude isn't right. I believe that our hearts are more important. Our heart attitudes are more important. That's what I'd like to um, have, a right spirit and a clean heart. Finally, Saul, uh, in, in, finally, for the introduction, Colossians 3, verse 2 says, Set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. I'm not really putting much stock on things here on earth. I don't think you are either. But where are our affections set? Let's consider that tonight as well. Okay, let's go over to Jeremiah chapter number 10, and we'll start with that verse, Jeremiah chapter number 10. You can just pause and park right in there. That's where we'll be most of the night. And the Bible says, thus saith the Lord, this is the Lord saying it, learn not the way of the heathen and be not dismayed at the signs of heaven for the heathen are dismayed at them. Now, we're not going to go back and review everything that we've done over the last three weeks. Uh, we just don't have time to do that. But we're going to be talking about these holidays, where they come from. And now we're on the topic of these different elements at Christmas that are supposed to give us this Christmas spirit. I think it'd be helpful for us to at least learn or know a little bit about the history behind them. So at the very least, at least we can say, okay, I checked that off my bucket list. All right, I've got that information and now I have something to pray about. This is not a message that's designed for me to give you ammunition to go home to your family or your neighbors or your place of employment and then just blast them. That wouldn't be a clean or right heart attitude. I don't want to be that guy. I don't want us to be that church. But so, again, we can't go backwards. We're going to move forward. We're on the topic of uh, some of these things that are celebrated during the Christmas time. And we want to look at 
the history behind the mistletoe. People say, what's the big deal in all these? I want to give you a little history. Pagan druids would hang this mistletoe in their house and in their places of worship around the winter solstice. Now, all of this stuff we're going to talk about tonight is all intertwined with this Christmas season or this Christmas spirit or this Christmas day or time. We're going to see, or we have been seeing, all of this comes from pagan winter solstice festivity celebrations. And what they did is when they would hang it in these, these pagans, these druids, they wanted to ward off evil spirits. They believed it had powers to heal. They even believed it had um, powers to rid you of nightmares. If your children had nightmares, they would hang mistletoe in their, in their room. Now, one of the Norse gods, Odin, who we talked about last week, Odin was, we can't go through all of it, but people say, well, the, the, the tree was never connected at all to paganism and when we look at this false Norse Viking god Odin, he sacrificed himself on a tree. Odd. <laughs> Why? Well, he was the false god of knowledge and wisdom. When he sacrificed himself on the tree, he believed all of his knowledge that this mysticism, this mythology would be permeate through all the vines and all the branches of that tree. And so this is how they came up with Odin, this Odin worship of this false pagan god. But he believed, and they believed, that it would show friendship and love, this mistletoe. When we go down to the Greeks, they celebrated the festival of Saturnalia. It was just the worship of you know, Saturn, this false god, and, and, and the sun. Um, and they hung the mistletoe to please their false mythological gods. They hung it in their house and in their place of worship at guess what time? The winter solstice. It was associated as well with fertility. All of these seasonal changes were associated with fertility rites in one way, shape, form, or another. And the winter solstice, you know, it's, What's happening now? We're losing darkness or we're losing sunlight. So it's getting darker earlier and it's going to continue to do that. And guess what? Towards the end of the year, all these pagans are going to be celebrating this festival. Bring back the sun. We want life again. We want. That's what they did. Now, the early church, you can look back on this in history, look into it more if you would like, but the early church completely banned any hanging of mistletoe in their church house completely banned it until you know time goes on and we, we know how it goes these things just get blended and merged together now i said all that now i have to qualify what i said no i don't think anyone that puts mistletoe in their house is a pagan <laughs> i think they like to decorate they like the smell of things. They want to get in the festival season. It brings back emotions and, and all that. I don't think that they are secret druids trying to, I don't think that. But I will say there are pagan druids 
that do do this for the exact reasons that we're going over and study. Is it a sin to decorate your house? Of course not. Is it a sin to put spring colors up? Of course not. Is it a sin to put up fall colors and winter colors and ladies, you know, paint and decorate and guard? Of course it's not. Of course it's not. We're talking about the specific correlation of these activities based upon their historical pagan origin. And God says, learn not the way of the heathen. So, you, you know, you pray about that. Yule log. Yule log is another major, major part of the winter solstice. It was burned as a sacrifice to the sun god, not the son of God, the sun god. As a way to say, please, please, please come back, come back. It's so cold. We don't have any sun. Please. It started off as an entire tree. So they take the entire tree, the, the big, the, the bottom end of it, the, the big end would just go into the fireplace. And as the days went on, the 12 days of Christmas, <laughs> as the days went on, they would then keep putting it and pushing it into the fire so that this log, this full tree, would continue to burn as a sacrifice to the Son of God. No, as a sacrifice to the Son God. The Bible says, learn not the way of the heathen. Red apples. They also hung those on trees. Mm-hmm. Red apples, guess what color the tree is? Green. Guess what colors our Christmas colors are? Red and green. Well, the pagans hung them on their tree. We're going to get life again. The sun's coming back. Romans, they would hang ornaments that represented Saturn, the sun god, or another false family deity god, and they would decorate their trees. The early Germanic tribes would actually decorate their tree with candles and with fruit in honor of who wants to guess based on what we learned last week. The false god, Odin. Odin was a Viking Norse god. The one that I told you sacrificed himself on this tree as the god, as the god of knowledge and wisdom. And then all that knowledge and wisdom would go through the roots and people would worship the tree because they wanted knowledge and wisdom. And now these early Germanic tribes are decorating their tree in honor of this false God. Thus saith the Lord, learn not the way of the heathen. Let's stop pause and park here. Let me. If it's Thursday night, it's our midweek service. But, you know, the diehards, the gung-hos, the people that really... Um, we're making a sacrifice to be here, and we're thankful for it. Uh, we're doing this message on the Thursday midweek service. We're not doing this on Sunday morning when we have new guests coming in. And, and, and we're not, if, 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 if I do get an invitation to, to preach at, you know, First Baptist or Second Baptist in, in December, guess what I'm not going to preach on? <laughs> it wouldn't be right. It would be off. It would be, it would be rude. 
And so, so I just kind of want to downshift a little bit and rewind because we can easily get ourselves into, yeah, but it's the truth. Okay, well, it's also the truth to kind of have some decor from about you. <laughs> decorate yourself. We read that about ladies, a, you know, a meek and quiet spirit. Probably a good decoration to bring into a social setting church, right? So we need to be careful that, again, we don't take some historical facts and take some biblical principles and, and this use it as ammunition to look for a reason to break fellowship. To look for a reason to fight with someone, to look for a reason to say, see, I'm so spiritual and you're not. I don't want to be that guy. I don't want us to be that church. We need to have a good heart attitude. Well, do you think you're right and everybody else is wrong? No. But let's just read it, go through it, and you decide. And if you decide, yeah, you know what? You're right. I can't believe it. Well, when somebody comes in that doesn't believe it, we shouldn't blast them. If there's a fellowship and or, or someone has you over for dinner and, and they have up a mistletoe or they have a Yule log burning or they have a tree decorated and, and, and that's not the time to say, you're a pagan. We're not saying that. We're not saying that. Last disclosure before we, we move on is I realize that I would be, as a preacher, in the minority on this. I understand that. And my job isn't to start picking fights with other preachers that have a lot more experience and a lot more road time than I have. But I also don't want to use that as an excuse to not go over these matters. We have right hearts. We have clean hearts on this. Create in me a clean heart, O oh God, and renew a right spirit within me. All right. Anybody find it interesting that it's supposed to be Jesus' birthday on December 25th? But everybody gets presents except Jesus. <laughs> you know, and then you and then you stop celebrating Christmas. And, and you know, people tell you, well, it's it's not about getting, it's about giving. Have you ever everybody heard that? It's about giving. It's the season of giving. Why are you being so negative? It's the season of giving. Well, then how come when I stop celebrating Christmas, everybody stopped giving them? I didn't ask you to stop celebrating it. I just told you I wasn't going to celebrate. Everybody stopped giving to me. I don't, I don't know why that could have happened. I don't know why. Except my mother. She sends me something every year. Sends the kids, sends the grandkids something every year. And she doesn't put, she doesn't even put from Santa. And she doesn't even use Santa Claus paper or Christmas tree paper. She puts, if she's listening, now she will because... But, you know, that's a blessing. That's a blessing. There's, there's nothing to fight about. That, that's a good thing. It's a good thing. All right. So, but where were we on? We were on this gift exchange. This is another thing that's interestingly enough associated with the winter solstice season. And it's always by, historically, by a mythical creature. And Santa Claus was not the first 
pagan troll. Santa was not the first witch-like creature that was out giving gifts. You know, witches are supposed to be able to fly through the air. That's why they have brooms. Um, and, you know, in your house with the chimney, you know, you can't close that up. So the spirit, that witch spirit can come down that chimney. And, you know, people didn't want to have their homes and their houses possessed or interrupted by a spirit. They wanted to keep spirits out. So this whole idea is interconnected with this little um, witch-like pagan troll creature called Santa Claus that rides around in his broom, I mean sleigh, and has his spirit of Santa Claus come down a, a chimney, and that spirit comes in, and I don't want him possessing my house. Oh, but if he did, but if he did, you would not want to upset a spirit. So what do pagans do? They appease the spirit. How? A stocking, a tree, you put your stocking out and hopefully you got a nice gift. You didn't want to offend the spirit. You appeased him. Witches are known for trickery, deceit, mischief, spells, whether good or bad. Good witch, bad witch, white witch, black witch. Psalm 135.15, the Bible says, The idols of the heathen are silver and gold, the work of men's hands. In 1 Samuel 28.7, King Saul, he gets help from a witch. He's looking to get help from a witch before he goes into battle. He doesn't, he doesn't wait on God. And the Bible says, Then said Saul unto his servants, 1 Samuel 28.7, you can jot the verse down and reference it later. It says, Seek me a woman that hath a familiar spirit that I may go to her and inquire of her. And his servant said to him, Behold, there is a woman that hath a familiar spirit at Endor. Hmm. We weigh out the risk. We weigh out the reward. And Saul did the same thing. We do the same thing. We weigh out risk and reward. And he said, you know what? It's better off for me to just get some advice or some insight from a witch over at Endor than to just wait on God. And he took the shot. God doesn't want us seeking those types of spirits. In Italy, the La Bufena, she flies on her broom. Guess what? Around what time? The winter solstice. Each one of these countries, each one of these areas has their own pagan deity. But they're all celebrating around this sun god, this winter solstice called by different names depending on what country you're at she would fly around on her sleigh i mean broom and deliver gifts fruits candies little gifts only to the children that were well behaved mm -hmm. and if you were naughty you would get a lump of coal this whole tradition of leaving gifts has always been and originated with this pagan, these pagan deities in these different countries. Which I always thought it was a farce because I wasn't really a good boy. <laughs> Matter of fact, I got a lot of belt whoopings and spankings and, and other things that my mother and father will be glad to tell you about. 
So I was a naughty boy and I did my best to, to get in line right around um, the end of November because it was my birthday. And then, you know, a week or two before Christmas, because I knew I was going to get stuff. And even when I stopped believing in Santa, I still knew that my parents were going to buy this stuff and I certainly should be good because if not, I might not get as much as <laughs> my, my brother. <laughs> but look, this whole idea, uh, all different countries in Scandinavia, Raw Holly was a feminine spirit and she was associated with in Scandinavia with evergreen plants. Look it up. Guess who else? she was associated with what we learned about last week. And we talked about a little bit already as one of the wives of Odin, this Norse God that sacrificed himself on a tree that they called the Yggdrasil tree. And this Norse God Odin was sacrificed on a <laughs> My, 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 as they say down South, she was also the goddess of, guess what? Fertility. That's right. And rebirth. It's dark. It's cold. Sun needs to come out. We need some life. She would give gifts to women at the time of the winter solstice. That's how he, she was specifically associated with her. And last question on the Jeopardy challenge. Who wants to guess what Frail Holly's feast day was? This Scandinavian false god, goddess, that was a wife of this false Norse god, Odin, who sacrificed himself on a tree. And so now she's giving out gifts during this winter solstice. And she's about fertility and all of this. Guess what her feast day is? December 25th. They're not celebrating the birth of the son of God. They're celebrating the birth of the false sun God. Let's just all bring out our inner pagan. <laughs> it's interesting at the very least. The pagan festival, the winter solstice, was always and has always been held for the birth of the Babylonian Messiah not the true living God and our Messiah, Jesus Christ. I find it to be blasphemous in many ways. My Savior died on a tree for my sins. I get understanding, knowledge, and wisdom from his Holy Spirit. I want my affections set on things above. I have something better. A savior that saves such a sinner like me. And when I really got a hold of the fact that I was just so bad isn't even the word. I didn't deserve gifts. I deserved hell fire. There's nothing. I mean, we think that just this, this idea that started to permeate in churches in, 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 in the late 70s and 80s and 90s that God is, you know, just has a wonderful plan for your life. And, 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 and why don't you just receive him? And, and, and there's no mention of, look, God has a wonderful plan, but it's 
because you're so awful. We tried to tie this wonderfulness in with us kind of being so wonderful and God just loves us and thinks we're Mr. and Mrs. Wonderful. When that's not the case at all, read Romans 5. It's a wonderful plan because he loved us as his enemies, as just wicked sinners. And we think we're so good because we pay our taxes, we educate our kids, we stay married to our spouse, we, 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 we get involved with community, we're nice neighbors, we give to the church, we go to church, we do all these things, and we somehow think that we're good people and we're not. In God's eyes, we're just vile sinners, and he loved that. Good night. I have a hard time when my kids misbehave for a day. I have a hard time loving My kids have a hard time loving me when I lose my temper. And we're at odds, and the relationship is a bit severed for an hour or a day or And God looks down and sees us completely severed relationship, completely at odds with him and enemies with him. And he sends his son to die on a cross and a tree sheds his blood. And I'm supposed to go back into this pagan stuff and bring it up, slap a little Christian sticker on it and say everything's well. We're going to sing Kumbaya and throw our little Yule log in. I just don't buy it. I don't buy it. Uh, and I'm sorry if I'm getting a little, a little fired up, but I, I just don't buy it. All right, let's close out by saying this. The Bible says, thus saith the Lord, learn not the way of the heathen. As we've said in earlier lessons, we're not going to go back, but third century, we never saw Christmas celebrated. Historically, it wasn't mentioned. It wasn't until the fourth century where it started to pick up some steam. The Puritans, and we'll learn about the Puritans in another lesson, for almost two decades, it was complete, they completely banned it. All these early Puritans wanted nothing to do with any of it. And they preached hard and fast against it, wouldn't allow any of it to come into the church. They can only fight for so long, two decades passed, and we'll go through some other history on it, but just lost, you know, they lost traction, they lost, they lost ground. And it's 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 the same idea. As you got small country churches just all over the United States that you can just find little pockets. Oh, there's a good church here. Oh, there's a good church here. Oh, there's a good church here. But by and large, we've been overtaken by they just people don't want they just can't endure it. They don't want it. And you can go to every major town and five and find five to ten beautiful buildings that are packed with people that if I were to go in and preach anything close to this, they would applaud when I left. This country needs another great awakening. And I'm not saying with this. I'm, just, I'm, I'm saying with getting serious about God and his word. God and his word. All right. Thank you for listening to the podcast ministry of Pilgrim Baptist Church. 
We look forward to seeing you in the next episode. In the meantime, you can sign up for our email newsletter at www.pilgrimbaptist.church.